Hey everybody, I'm Robert Yerby, and I'm an insurance professional, and admittedly, kind of an insurance nerd. My friends and family tell me that nobody is going to want to listen to a podcast about insurance, so instead, on this show, I'm hoping to share a story or have a conversation with a guest about some relatable experience, and then show you how insurance impacts that story or topic. My hope is You'll enjoy a few laughs with me and maybe learn at least one interesting thing about insurance along the way. Here we go. Hey, everybody. This is Robert. Thanks for listening. It's just me here today, and uh, I, I like that every once in a while. I've got a lot on my mind, and I'm going to start about a week ago. About a week ago, I was traveling to Denver from my place in Phoenix. I was going to an insurance conference. And this is this is a pretty fun one. This is, you know, just um, my buddies from around the country that all kind of do the same thing that I do. You know, I, have an, I have an agency that specializes in financial institutions. And so these are friends of mine from, yeah, all over the country. We get together once or twice a year to uh, learn about some new stuff, share with each other, you know, what's working or what isn't working and and generally just have a ton of fun eating and drinking and golfing and carrying on. Went to a Rockies game, had some real good seats. Uh, I'd never been to Coors Field before. I had a Coors Light at Coors Field uh, on a sunny, warm day in uh, late September. It was it was terrific. Anyway, I was, like I said, traveling in from Phoenix, and I, I decided I was going to take the train from the, from the airport. We had a hotel downtown, and uh, I was told that the hotel was a quick walk from the downtown train station, uh, and it was, and it was, and it was an absolutely fabulous day to be walking uh, that Sunday that I got in. On the, on the train ride, which, which took maybe 40 minutes or so. Uh, I had my seat you know, five minutes or so before the train was, was scheduled to take off, and this gentleman sits down across the aisle from me, and he noticed my Michigan State sweatshirt. I uh, am a very proud Michigan State University graduate. Uh, both my parents graduated from Michigan State. They actually met in Holmes Hall, my family has a lot of history at Michigan State, and, and, and I'm, yeah, I'm super proud of the degree I earned there. The four years that I spent there were really good. So this guy, this guy notices my sweatshirt, and if he hadn't noticed my sweatshirt, he could have noticed, you know, other things too. I've got a, you know, Michigan State sticker on my phone cover. I've got a, you know, money clip. I got Michigan State stuff all over the place. And so he notices, and he's... I forget exactly how he brought it up, but he said something about Michigan State, and uh, we ended up talking for, you know, a little bit about our experiences there. You know, he told me he was a graduate, you know, told me what years he was there and where he lived, and that's kind of how these conversations go, you know. <laughs> yeah, finding commonality with with people um, is is a lot of fun to me, and when it has to do with Michigan State, that's even better. And that happens a lot. That happens a lot. There's a there's a lot of people that have gone to Michigan State University, and I, I love when I see a 
you know, Spartan logo on somebody as I'm cr- uh, crossing the street or passing them wherever. I, I love to say go green, and, and hopefully they give me the go white back. That's good stuff. What, what this gentleman and I did not talk about was uh, we did not talk any uh, college football. And I'm glad that we didn't. <laughs> Frankly, Michigan State's football team is not off to a great season. And I, I don't know if you heard, but there's, there's some turmoil at Michigan State. The football coach that we started the year with was fired over the last few days uh, as of you know, me recording this. And uh, he, he didn't get fired for performance uh, on the field. There was, there was something else going on. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, if you haven't heard, uh, Mel, Mel Tucker unfortunately made a, a series of poor decisions that has now resulted in him being fired from Michigan State. And I, I, I don't want to pretend like I know everything about the story. Uh, I've read several news accounts, but, but I have not, I'll admit, I have not read through any formal investigative reports. Maybe those aren't even publicly available. This is, this is what I, I think went down. This is how I understand things went down. At, at some point over the last couple of years, the head coach of Michigan State University, Mel Tucker, he invited, or perhaps someone else suggested that he invite this uh, sexual harassment uh, speaker to come and talk to the football team. This woman was a, or is a rape survivor. And so she's, I, I, I imagine, giving some of her firsthand experience in her presentation to the team to get them to, I guess, better understand, you know, how their behaviors can hurt people and, and impact those around them. And in general, yeah, I, th- I think that's uh that's, that's probably a, a great thing for a t- team of young men to hear. So whoever's idea that was, I, I think that was probably a good one. That was probably a good decision. Subsequent to that presentation, I don't know exactly how much time went by, but subsequent to that, Coach Tucker and this woman struck up a, a relationship, an, an adult relationship. How much she was into it from the beginning, you know, how much she, she wanted this to happen at the beginning, I don't know. And I, I totally admit that it's probably really difficult to know for sure. He, he clearly has a different account than her. And in my experience, I would say even the person telling their firsthand account doesn't always remember how they felt at a specific point in time or, or any specific point in time. They, they can have forgotten exactly you know, what they said, what they did, how they felt. Uh, so I, I think the, the, the truth is really, it's gone. It is lost to history. You know, how much either of them felt, you know, at the get-go and at every point along the line. But at some point, clearly, 
this woman wasn't into it anymore. Did not appreciate his romantic advances, gestures. Uh, He sent her gifts and he argues that she must have wanted the gifts because she gave me her shoe size and he he says she she gave me her address. How else would I send, you know, this stuff to her? And uh yeah. Okay. True enough. Uh and then at at some point while he was at a work-related function, he made a phone call to her and they had phone sex. And this is a family podcast, so I won't, I won't go any further than that. But if you want to look up the details, um, he doesn't dispute, you know, what, what he was doing on that phone call. And I guess she didn't like it. She, she claims now that she didn't like it. You know, why didn't she hang up the phone? Well, I don't know. I can't, I can't answer that. That's a logical question, by the way. It's a logical question. I don't know why she didn't hang up the phone, but she didn't like it. The, the arguments... And, and these very logical questions that are posed to come to the aid of Mel Tucker. I can, I can appreciate that, but I got to tell you, uh, I'm not sure that it matters. I'm not sure that it matters how much she was into it when he first pursued her. I don't think it matters how much she may have liked that phone sex encounter. I don't think it matters how much she liked the gifts or whether she sent him the address or the shoe size. I don't think any of that matters. He, like I said, made a a series of poor decisions. When he decides he's going to pursue the woman that has been invited to talk to his team about sexual harassment, that is the first poor decision. And then every... Every time he decides anew to make the phone call, send a, a sexy text message, or send a gift, or engage in that phone call, it's a poor decision. That is a very poor decision. There's, there's a million and one women to chase, man. I don't, I don't see why it had to be this one. It didn't need to be this one. He, he claims, or, or argues rather, that he's an adult, and he's entitled to have adult relationships. And absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, I'd be one that would be rooting for you. You know, you're, you're the head coach of Michigan State University. Heck yeah. Yes. I'd like to think you get any lady you want. But, gosh darn it, don't, don't, don't go after that one. Yeah, I say any lady you want. I never met this lady. Uh, honestly, maybe I seen a picture of her here or there as I'm doing the research. I can't remember what she looked like. But, but you don't pick that one. I was about to say, you know, maybe there's something just, just so gosh darn special about her that, you know, you're seeing fireworks when you meet, but. But you're a grown man, like, you know, you, you got to have something in your brain that says, nah, this, this isn't appropriate. The lady that's here talking to my football team, 
about sexual harassment? No, that's not the one you go after. Also, as an aside, I mean, she's entitled to have, you know, adult relationships too. And just by virtue of the nature of the work she does, she shouldn't have everybody, you know, crossing her off her list. You know, that, that would be a sad and lonely existence. But I'll bet it would make sense to her that the people that hire her to talk about this stuff probably aren't her best prospects either. You know, she can, she can meet somebody online just like anybody else does. She can meet somebody in line for coffee or groceries. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how people meet people, but gosh, please tell me you're not Mel Tucker. You're not going after the woman you hired to talk to your football team about sexual harassment. All of the things that he, he admits to, he admits to pursuing her. He admits, admits to, you know, his behavior on that phone call. Even if it's a consensual relationship, these were poor choices. And he's now been fired by Michigan State University for cause. He had a long-term contract that was scheduled to pay him, I want to say, $80 million or thereabouts over the next many years. It looks like he's going to lose most or all of that. All right. He, he will undoubtedly, you know, file a wrongful termination lawsuit. And I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan State University settles for some amount much, much less than $80 million. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets something. And, uh, you know, shoot. I'm embarrassed. Yeah. Because that's my school. Like I said, I got Michigan State's, you know, you know, I have Michigan State stuff all over me. And people know me as a Michigan State grad, by the way. Pe- people that know me even casually, I think, know I'm a Michigan State guy. Because I have so much Michigan State stuff. I, I, If I strike up a conversation with somebody that isn't from Michigan State, and we're just talking about college basketball, college football, college hockey, uh, college dodgeball. I mean, like, I am talking Michigan State, man. Absolutely. And it just so happens, I teach insurance, continuing education classes. And if I had a specialty, because people are always asking, like, well, well what, kind of, what kind of insurance do you teach? Well, I mean, it's, it's all over the board, really. But if I had a specialty... It's ethics. And ethics touches, you know, every every area of insurance sales. And it's a topic that I really enjoy. And I have a I have a one class in particular that I talk a lot about sports and we we spend a lot of time talking about the Houston Astros from twenty seventeen. These 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 were the guys that were banging on trash cans to alert their teammates uh, in the batter's box what pitch was coming. And surely you've heard about this. If you haven't, you're just going to have to Google that too because I'm, I'm not going to give you the long version of the the Houston Astros uh, cheating to win the World Series. But it's a big story. I spend a good amount of time in one of my classes talking about that topic. And a lot of the feedback that I'll get from, 
I don't know, I guess it's Astros fans is that I'd think differently, you know, if, if I was, well, I, it's also very, it's very, very well known. I'm a Cubs fan. They'll, they'll say, well, you know, you know, you love the Cubs, you know, if the Cubs had cheated in 2016, you know, you'd feel differently and you'd say differently. And they'll also say like, well, your Cubs probably cheated in 2016 because everybody cheats. Everybody's doing it. And you're just saying this because it wasn't your team that won. Well, it's so easy for me to say, no, I mean, that's not true. And I, and I suppose they, they don't believe me because how could they fathom, you know, somebody not backing up their team with irrational, illogical arguments as to why they cheated, but it's okay. Uh, but no, 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 no. If my team had cheated, I'd be embarrassed. I'd be disappointed. And I'm not glad that I have this opportunity, but I'm going to take, I'm going to take the opportunity. When one of my own has done something embarrassing and disappointing, uh, I'm going to talk about it. And I, I'm not, I'm clearly not making any excuses for Mel Tucker. I think actually just the opposite. When it's one of our guys, I don't want Michigan State alums or fans to be making excuses for him. I don't want to hear anything about, oh, you know, she she gave him the address. She gave him the shoe size. She didn't hang up the phone during that call. She must have been into it. Now she's just, now she's just, uh, you know, money hungry. She's looking for fame. She's looking for clicks. Mm, no, no, I'm I'm not going to offer up any of those sorts of excuses. Uh, that's that's nonsense to me. Uh, in fact, I'm going to say when it's one of our guys, we should expect more. Right. You know, any other school can have different standards and hold their coaches to those standards, hold their players to those standards. When it's my guys, I want to hold them to a high standard. And the choices that Mel Tucker made don't meet those high standards. They, they simply do not. Is, is it... Is it wrong to expect more from our guys? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. If you want to be a part of that university, if you want to be a part of that team, if you want to be a part of this community, and by the way, that is a very real thing. I see Spartans on a regular basis. Uh, we have an alumni bar in Scottsdale, Arizona. Hey, a shout out to Wasted Grain. You know, if any anybody that goes to game watches there on Saturdays or for, you know, basketball games, March Madness. Uh, we have a great environment there for our game watches at Wasted Grain. Uh, we get we get hundreds of people there for game watches sometimes. It's always a fantastic time. There, There's a community there. If you want to be a part of that community, there's I guess there's a higher standard. I, I just, I don't know what else to tell you. And whatever other standard... Some other school wants to hold their coaches and their players to, uh, their administration to, fine. They can do that, okay? That's their thing, 
and, and I don't need to be proud of them, but I'm proud of where I came from. And this nonsense that Mel Tucker has pulled, sorry, man, but you're out. Is that cold? Mm. It's, a, it's a privilege to be the, the head football coach at Michigan State University. Okay, you've lost that privilege. Is that cold? Is that unfair? I don't think so. I don't think so. You know what I think is unfair? Life's not fair, right? You're going to have some stuff that's, that's unfair from time to time happen, and there's nothing you can do about it. But you know what I think is unfair? I think it's unfair to those kids that are on the football team or those young men that are on the football team. Okay, they have signed up to be a part of that team they're in the middle now of just a, a, a football season that is falling apart. Okay, they have an interim coach, and I wish them, I wish them the best of luck. Harlan Barnett, I wish you the best, buddy. It's going to be tough. I don't know. It, it presents opportunities for others, and yeah, that's a good thing. But you know what? I just think it's unfair that those young men have, have been put in this situation because Mel Tucker made some poor choices. That's not fair. But absolutely, I'm not making any excuses for this guy. We hold our guys to a higher standard, and you have, you have failed, Coach Tucker. You have failed. Well, what does any of this have to do with insurance? This, this, this believe it or not, this absolutely would be something that I mention in an insurance class. And here's why. Here's why. Because this is relatable to business. It is relatable to the operation of an insurance agency. I think it's relatable to those that are looking for an insurance agent. Sometimes there are star producers, you know, at an insurance agency or any kind of business. And those star producers are really important to the success of that small business, right? Really, really good producers. They're, they're hard to find. The rainmakers. People that are bringing in business, right? Small businesses need that. And sometimes, those star producers, their methods are questionable. Sometimes they're not even questionable. Sometimes they're just, they're downright unethical. And what I counsel in my ethics classes is that you can't stand for that. You can't support that. You got to call out that bad behavior. And maybe you, you turn that producer around, or maybe you just let them go. But that's, that is the way that it's got to be. And you got to find an, you know, another producer someplace else that can get it done in an ethical manner. But you, you can't have, you can't have people that are behaving unethically within your organization. That's just going to poison that well. And for those of you that are boy, looking for an insurance agent, you need somebody that you can trust. Somebody that, yeah, you feel confident is going to make, you know, good decisions, good recommendations for you. I think, uh, you know, if you're, you're buying some simple policy online, fine. But a lot of people need a good, 
agent to give them recommendation, to counsel them on what it is they need, what risks they have that they can insure and how that can be covered. And in a world that seems a little topsy-turvy sometimes, these, these bad actors, they've, they've got to be weeded out. It doesn't matter if you win 11-2 and two and won the Peach Bowl. It doesn't matter if you sold X number of policies and brought in so much premium. If we can't trust you to make good decisions, that's kind of it. And we need to hold people to a high standard and not make apologies for it. And not listen to the people that says, that's not fair. No, no, no. I really believe you'll get the best results when you hold everyone to a high standard. And hold them accountable. Everybody sees that we're being held accountable. What does this have to do with insurance? Are you looking for those good people? Whether you're looking for them to build your agency and sell for you or you're looking for those people to help you find a good product what is insurance except all about trust I'm sorry if Michigan State's not going to have a good football year but we'll turn it we're going to find a good guy find a good coach and we'll turn it around and we'll do it the right way we're not going to build on this nonsense this is this this is over and it, it goes up from here Okay. Hey, well, I tell you what, if you happen to be a licensed insurance professional and you're looking for insurance continuing education, check out our live webinars at bmfce.com. If you like the podcast, hey, tell your friends, give us a rating, leave us a review, and be looking for another episode in a couple weeks. Thanks, everybody.